Today we're going to go to um, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It's a very familiar scripture. Uh, he says, um, in, in throughout the Bible, actually, it says, Be strong and very courageous. Don't fear, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> you know, Sensory, we may sing that a little bit later. Is that okay? Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. That's a great song, too. Thank you, Father. Anyway, I want to read this. He says, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Be strong and very courageous. Don't fear, don't be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In this verse, in 13.5, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, he says, uh, for hasn't he promised you, you always, okay, so for you always have God's presence, okay? For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never, and I will not loosen my grip on your life. Um, there's a couple of things I'm going to share today, and some of them are, uh, they're personal, and I don't have a problem with talking about personal things, especially from my life. Um, you know, but I just want to share some of these things. Um, abandonment is a big issue. And a lot of us feel like God leaves us alone and he doesn't really care. And I've heard many, many people, uh, over the last few weeks have come to me and said, Tom, I just feel like, like God's, uh, put, put, put me aside. He hasn't, um, he doesn't love me anymore. Things like this. Um, and I, and I, I, I say, listen, God never, God will never leave you. He's not going to forsake you. I mean, you could turn your back on him and he'll still come after you, but he'll never leave you. The Bible says he'll never leave you and his presence is always with you. Um, and, and I said, even though you don't feel it, you have to believe that he's there. Uh, there were many, many times, um, when people would, um, would come. And they would, you know, they would just say, I feel like so-and-so is leaving me. I feel like my parents have abandoned me. Um, children especially, I would go into orphanages. And a lot of the children were abandoned uh, in those orphanages. In Eastern Europe, they were abandoned if their parents were in jail, which happened a lot. Um, dad was never home. Uh, he'd be drinking or carousing around. Uh, the mothers would um, would just leave the baby abandoned. And then these orphanages would have them. And uh, in, in Romans chapter 8, he talks about that God um, doesn't leave us orphaned. Okay, we have the spirit of full acceptance. We have the spirit of adoption where we cry, Abba, Father, and we're taken back in. Okay, and it's like, it's like we belong. Um, a lot of people feel like they have to believe and then they belong. But the reality is that Jesus accepts you as you are. And so he accepts you. So you already belong. And you just need to believe. Okay, God's not going to push you away. He's not going to forsake you. And I'm going to talk a little bit about divorce here, um, only because it's prevalent. Hi, Cindy. And, and it's just so prevalent in our lives right now, uh, in, in our society, uh, where, you know, it used to be like, like it was like 70% of marriages ended divorce, but the church was better than that. And now it's like 70% of marriages in the church end in divorce. And, and that includes like, you know, in the, um, the, the, um, the statistics go higher when you're talking about a second, third, and fourth marriage. You know, those things end in divorce a lot higher. Um, you know, last year I had gotten divorced and, um, you know, 
my fault. You know, I just, uh, I didn't do being a husband, a preacher and a, uh, and a, and somebody working. I didn't do it well. Um, you know, to me, it was like ministry was the most important thing in my life. And, um, at that time, I mean, I loved my family. Don't get me wrong. I loved my wife. I loved my kids. I worked and I was a pastor. And so you got these two dynamics and, and very rarely was I home. And when I was home, I was really, really wiped out and tired. Well, that's not an excuse. It just is what it is. And so in the marriage, my, uh, I'm assuming, uh, but this is probably what, how, how my ex-wife felt is that she felt abandoned. She felt forsaken. God will never leave us or forsake us. But I felt like to her that I had left her and I had forsaken the family, even though that's not what was in my heart. It's what it looked like and that's what it acted like. Um, yeah. And so uh, I say that not, you know, and I don't have any problem talking about it. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's something God's healed me from and showed me how to do it right. And uh, and a lot of times there's rejection. So I kind of feel like my, my ex-wife, she was totally rejected by me. And even though that wasn't my heart, it yet it, it happened. And I, and I was that way. So I kind of feel in this moment, uh, and I'm sharing this for a purpose so that you guys will never walk into that again. You'll never have to walk through that, uh, because I hope that you hear my heart in this and that you, um, and that you recognize that there's always a way out. All right. Um, also, during divorce, uh, the both couple, I mean, the, the couple themselves, both people involved, you know, um, the principals involved. I mean, there's other people involved, too. There's children uh, and there's close friends. There's, you know, people related to the family um, and, and and they feel rejected and abandoned as well. Uh, and I don't have any excuse for it. I did it wrong. I mean, I that's just how it is, um, you know, and then so. I could, if I wanted to, wallow in the pain and wallow in the sorrow, or I can learn from the situation. And, and learn, for me, learning from the situation was, listen, man, I gotta fix what was broken in my life, and I have to make sure that that never does, never hap- happens again. Um, it's a, it's, it's a real sad affair. It's a real sad state of affairs that I was walking in, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, there were things on her part as well, but uh, we both felt rejected. And and that's the thing that God wants to set us free from, is that rejection part. And, um, and, and uh, you know, I know there are children even now, there are children today that are um, feeling rejected by, um, by their parents. Um, I mean, imagine a, an unborn baby. I don't want to call it a fetus, although fetus is a, is a Latin word that means little one. Um, uh, you know, you think about the fetus, the, the, the safest place for anybody is in the, supposed to be in the mother's womb. Imagine the rejection that that baby feels during the abortion operation. Um, it's an incredible, that's, that's, that's even the least amount of stuff, not including the pain that it goes through. Imagine, um, the person, the little child that's, that that's left at the doorstep of somebody, the rejection. Um, when in 1981, uh, my girlfriend, I, 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 you know, I sinned, I fell and, uh, got my girlfriend pregnant. And, um, you know, so, uh, a year later, 
my daughter was born in 1981. I had a daughter that, and then it was given up for adoption at birth. Now it's both that had both sides. Okay. The, the baby went through, my daughter went through a period of, I don't know why I feel abandoned. I mean, that's her testimony. She'll share it at some point, but like she felt abandoned. She felt uh, betrayed. And even though she was taken in by somebody else who loved her, yet at the same time, when she found out she was adopted, she felt rejected by her mom. And then so she searched, literally searched for 20 years to try to find her birth parents. Um, she only had a little bit to go on. And it was really because of an argument with her mom that she, that her, her stepmom, um, that she realized that, I mean, like her stepmom got mad at her and says, well, you're not even my daughter anyway, you know, et cetera. And so they found out some information, not a lot. And then so she only had a few pieces of part of a last name that this girl was a twin and, you know, she was around this age. So, uh, she did on foot for 20 years. She looked, finally found her mother. And in that process, actually found her mother's sister. And, uh, in that process found her mother's friend who happened to be my friend on Facebook, got in touch with me and, and that relationship was restored. And even though she had thought that I rejected her, actually the, the fact was that, that now she was brought into a family. And, um, and, and a lot of times we need to see that. Now listen to me. God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never tear you away. He'll keep you and, and, and he'll do things to you and for you. Um, I want to read this verse again because it's an incredible verse. It just says, um, yeah, Revelation 3. I don't think so. I love Revelation. Don't get me wrong. But here he says in verse 5, I'm going to read the whole verse to you. It says, don't be obsessed with money. All right. It says, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have, for you always have, hear me, always have God's presence, presence. For hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you alone, never, and I will not loosen my grip on your life. God won't do it. In fact, I want to read that Romans chapter 8 uh, scripture for us because um, it deals with this. I just love the Passion Translation, by the way. Okay, and he says in verse 14, The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance and folding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned. I love that. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. That's our Romans 15, sorry, Romans 8, 14 through, um, through 16. And, um, and I'm saying all of this because we are living and uh, yeah we always have God's presence and and here's the thing that we are um you know when i say to some folks not ever not everybody but a lot i will say things like god is your father well they have a picture of a father who had abandoned them or who had abused them or had beaten them up 
God is your, you know, God is your brother. Well, maybe you had your brother beat you up or whatever. And you have this vision of what he's like, uh, with, with, uh, with, with that as your, as your lens that you look through. Well, hear what I say here. God is perfect. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us and he never pushes us aside. And we have the spirit of full acceptance. We are fully accepted. If I can say every one of those stick figures that you drew in school, he's got them all up on his refrigerator. And, and I'm sure that he drives the, uh, the angels nuts by taking your picture out of his wallet and just showing him these hundreds of thousands of pictures of you. And when I tell you, uh, and, and this is the thing, we, you know, I, and, and I, I speak to a lot of people. I'm not saying that there's those here today that are listening or watching, but, you know, you have to understand that God, um, God is really in love with you. And he likes to hang around you and he loves you with his whole heart, with all his soul, with all his mind and with all of his strength. Well, how much more should we love him, the Lord our God, with all our heart, soul, mind and strength? How much more? If he does that, that's so much more than what we could offer. But he never abandons us and he never leaves us. Um, you know, and sure, you, you things may have gone wrong in your life. Don't get me wrong. Uh, the enemy, the devil is a jerk, man. He just, he doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like any of us. He's like he had a bad day, like breakfast was burnt. You know, his toast was burnt and he didn't get enough eggs or whatever. He's just in a bad mood. Got up on the wrong side of the bed, didn't sleep well the night before. And he just hates you. It's not personal. It's just how it is. You got, when you got, when you gave your heart to Jesus, and I'm, and I'm, I'm hoping you've given your heart to Jesus. But when you did, it's like, you know, you slapped God, you slapped the devil in the face and you're picking a fight with the devil. Of course he doesn't like you. You know, I got people come to me, Tom, the devil, the devil's attacking me. The devil hates me. Well, of course he hates you. Don't take it personally. He hates everybody. Some people he has in his hip pocket. Other ones get saved and slap them in the face and pick a fight. You know, I don't know. Do you remember that scene in, in Braveheart where um, William Wallace, um, you know, where William Wallace was um, doing his uh, thing and he, and he told the guys, I'm just going, I'm going over there to pick a fight. Okay, that's what you did to the devil and he got mad at you. That's all it was. It's not personal. Okay. <laughs> totally not personal. And, uh, and and God just loves you, man. And he cares about you. And, and he wants to see all that you have for him. He wants to see everything that you have for him. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness. Yeah, I just love that story about William Wallace as well. Yeah, how he did this thing and and he uh, and he made himself um, to be, you know, and he just said, hey, listen, I'm just going to go pick a fight. And he picks a fight. That's how it is. Anyway, um, I just wanted to let you know that God loves us and he cares about us. And he cares about you and he's not going to forsake you and he's not going to leave you. He loves you, man. He loves you. Well, anyway, that's all we're going to talk about today. Um, we'll pick it up again tomorrow. Have a good day.